Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm Sam Brooks and once again I'm joined by Tom Serrett and Raphael Jukobin. Uh, once again we'll be looking at what's been going on in Serie A this week, another busy week of football over in Italy and we'll start with what's gone on in the title race. Juventus picking up two quite comfortable wins against Genoa and Torino. Uh, what did you make of their week, Tom? I mean, I think they had a, such a successful week. I mean, all the attackers were on point. You know, Dybala and Ronaldo both um, scored in both of the games. So I feel like they already have, like, uh, that one hand on the title already. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just been such a, like, they're getting better and better as the weeks go by. Yeah, obviously they did start quite slowly after the resumption of the league last month. But as you say, they've been getting better in the last couple of weeks. What do you think, Raphael? Were you particularly impressed with Dybala and Ronaldo, who seem to have really picked up form recently? Definitely with Dybala. I mean, he seems to be scoring a great goal every every game these days, which yeah. is quite impressive when you look at them. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't really firing on all cylinders. Earlier in the uh, earlier in the year, so I think Juventus are definitely they're definitely in the driving seat when it comes to the title race. Even if they have got some some quite some some tough games to go still. I mean they're playing Atalanta and Milan next, and then Lazio further on. They're definitely they're definitely the favourites. Obviously they're seven points ahead, but I think they've still got a few hurdles to to go to get over. Yeah, as you say, seven points clear with eight games to go. Do you see the title race is pretty much done, Tom? Or can Lazio just about get back into it still? I don't know. I feel it is pretty much half done already, the title race. Because the way we just look compare, because over the past week we just saw Juventus and Lazio both play Tor- Torino. And I remember last week we were discussing how Oh, Juventus, you know, might struggle against Torino because the, the Turin derby is always very close. However, the golf and quality between the two performances have clearly has shown. And I've just, I just feel that Juventus are the better team. They're the better team. They're better than Lazio. So, yeah, I think that's why I feel like the title is half done despite, you know, only 30 games have been played. Yeah, and if the title is done, that'll be a ninth consecutive Scudetto for um, Juventus. And then they turn their attention to the Champions League. What what chance do you give them in that, Raphael? Should their fans be a bit more confident heading into the resumption of that next month? They'll definitely be more confident. I think the difference between uh, before the break and now is that what they they have an attack that's really just firing on all cylinders. The front three is great. Some great interplay between them. Whether that be with Bernardeschi as the third attacker or or um, or Quadrado coming in behind um, from the right flank. So I think they'll really definitely they're, they're coming in. Yeah, of course, coming yeah. off the bench. So they'll definitely they'll definitely have their chances. They do need to overturn um, a deficit against Lyon. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. But I think they they'll be favourites to go through in that fixture at least. Yeah, and of course uh, their nearest challengers in the league are Lazio. Um, they, had, they had a couple of comeback wins recently against Fiorentina and Torino, but they seem to run out of luck this weekend against Milan, losing 3-0 at home. What do you think went wrong for them, Tom? I feel overall Lazio's 
I mean, based on the league recent performances, there seems to be a lack of structure to their play. Um, Milan, if you watch the Milan game, uh, you just saw Tio Hernandez literally just ran through the team numerous occasions. You know, no one really was able to stop him. And I think a large as like reason, big reason for that is I think they're lacking leadership. So if you look at, you know, their captain Lulic hasn't been playing because he's injured. And I yeah. feel they're, they're lacking that kind of leader who would really pick them up in these kind of situations, you know, in a slump like this. And that could really motivate them to push forward. So I think, yeah, that's one of the main reasons why they, you know, still have some. They need that kind of leader to push them forward. Yeah, and of course, this weekend they were missing Immobile and Caicedo, actually, both were suspended. Do you think a lack of squad depth has is, is ultimately cost them the title, Raphael? I think so, yeah. Um, you, have to, you have to look at their squad. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fatigue. It's a pretty thin squad. And... I mean, it was always going to be hard in the first place when they were playing once a week. So playing three times a week now is just you could you could see which squads are thriving in in this sort of in this sort of calendar. Yeah. Whereas the whereas teams like Lazio are just beyond the starting eleven. There's not really much much else beyond that. I mean, you look you look at how they played one without without Immobile. I mean, he's. He's he's basically he's been very key in their um, in their comebacks this season because he I mean he's he's in a way he is the leader that, that Tom was talking about he's he's been the one who sort of nicked a goal from the desperate situation after the break or just motivated them to to go on and I think without him without him they seem quite lost in attack um, I mean, Luis Alberto was doing well to sort of carve out a few opportunities. But apart from that, he didn't really have any support against uh, against Milan. So I think, yeah, it definitely is a matter of squad depth, a lack of ideas and attack. Yeah, certainly. So looking ahead to this week, as you say, Juve have potentially got a bit of a tricky week. They face Milan tonight uh, at the San Siro and then they play Atalanta on the weekend. Lazio face Lecce and then Sassuolo. Do you see this as a chance for Lazio to potentially close the gap? Maybe get back into the title race, Tom? I think if you look at these two fixtures, these games are must-win games for Lazio because if you want to be a title-winning team, you have to be able to consistently beat tables that are you know fighting relegation or in mid-table um and if they're unable to beat them you know you you cannot argue oh maybe you know Lazio were unlucky to lose the title to Juventus because they weren't able to perform um and on the on the flip side you know if Juventus are able to Milan and Atalanta they they would be worthy champions so I mean yeah I think a lot will be decided over the next coming week yeah, it's, it seems this will be an important week uh, in the title race. Um, then we move to third place Inter. Um, obviously, they thrashed Brescia last week 6-0 and then lost this weekend to Bologna 2-1 despite having a man advantage for a while. What do you think went wrong for them, Raphael? And what will Conte be desperate to fix ahead of next season? I think the main, the main issue for them was, well, especially with Bologna, was that they just, they just lost control of the game. Because for a big part of the, most of the game, it was well within their reach. They, they really should have finished Bologna off way earlier than 
way earlier. And um, I think, yeah, they they lost control of the game, and it does it doesn't seem like they cope well with um, with with change in a way because you saw, um, I think it was yeah, it was Musa Jawara who came on, and he seemed to just terrorise their defence for for the rest of the game. I mean, yeah, he scored and and he provoked the red card. So it feels like they are they are they are they are a good team in when they have to when they're just cruising when there's not much um, the boat's not being rocked but they don't seem to adapt very well to change and I think that's something that Conte will want to work on for next season. <clears throat> yeah, those seem to be coping that well with adversity. Sometimes we've seen been been very inconsistent since uh, football resumed. Um, and then on to fourth place in Atalanta. Another great week for them. Two wins, two clean sheets. They're now actually only five points behind Lazio and a point behind Inter. Do you think Atalanta could move ahead of either of those sides before the end of the season, Tom? I really actually think so because what we saw with Atalanta, we saw a different side to that kind of free-scoring team we, we're used to seeing. And we saw a team that is, you know, very similar to a you know, kind of team that is trying to challenge for titles. You know, that they're able to grind out wins, keep clean sheets, um, you know, show up at crucial points of the game. Because if you think about the Napoli game, it was only really that 10 minutes that was really defining in that whole game that, you know, that where they actually managed to win. So I think, yeah, I think it's very promising. It's actually, and I think this kind of play and seeing them, this other side of Atalanta really gives hope for um, future games. And yeah, I feel, really think that they could challenge Inter Lazio here. Yeah, I mean, I was particularly impressed. The Napoli game, I thought the first 45 minutes, there was nothing in it. Um, perhaps in the past, they might have panicked a bit, having not created much, but they showed a really mature side in the second half and controlled the game well to get a 2-0 win. And then this weekend against Cagliari, they rotated the squad a lot. Gomez, Ilicic, Zapata, Gossens all on the bench, still managed to win the game fairly comfortably. Uh, what did you make of their last two performances, Raphael? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a testament to how, to their squad depth, really. I mean, you have, you have to look at the fact that Muriel is the one who's scoring the goals now and he's supposed to be the backup striker. Yeah. So the fact that they've got they've got someone like Muriel stepping up when maybe Sapata or Ilicic aren't getting getting in among the goals, it just, it does show that they have they have a very good very good squad there. And especially, I mean, now that they're keeping clean sheets as well, you have to wonder where 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 it could go wrong for them because if they've if they've shored up their defence and they've still got that attacking firepower, then I definitely think they can they can overtake Lazio if, if Lazio do fall away. Yeah, and obviously last week we talked a bit about their chances for the Champions League this season. But if they do manage to keep most of that squad together, could they even challenge for the title next year? What do you think, Tom? Is that is that a possibility or is that a step too far? I mean, I think... I honestly think that they're going to be a major title challenger next season because I think as you mentioned that depth you know they rested those players so you know there's been rumours linking you know Gossens away from the club but they were able to show that they can play without him so 
and you know they can rely on their you know um, their squad depth. So I think yeah, I think they are really will be able to really challenge Juventus next season. I feel. How about you, Raphael? Could they keep it up across a thirty-eight game season? I feel like they might be able to as a one-off, but at the same time, a team like Atalanta have got have got a ceiling because yeah. You just you have to look at their their business model as well. They are going to have to be sell, selling selling their big players eventually, and you know the team is just going to keep rotating year on year out. And I don't I don't think they'll be able to. I mean they they'll be able to probably off on on a one off on a one off season do well, but not 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 over the long term. I don't think. Yeah, particularly Gossens and Ili- sorry Gomez and Ilicic well into their thirties now. It seems mm. like if it is going to happen, it will have to happen next year before the team starts to split up. Perhaps. Um, okay, so moving on to those Europa League places, this seems to be quite an interesting race for those few places. Roma really slipping away. Two losses in the past few days against Udinese and Napoli. Um, what's going wrong for them, Tom and? How much further down the league do you think they'll slip? They're currently just hanging on to fifth, but Napoli and Milan closing in quickly on them. Um, yeah, I mean, I just when I was watching that kind the Napoli Roma game, I I just didn't really see that kind of ambition that they really wanted to push. I think the whole issue at the club is playing on the players' minds and. Uh, there is just so much uncertainty that I think this season might have to be a write-off. And I just, the way it's going, I really think that they're just going to keep slipping, slipping down. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, that, I mean, which gives like a great chance for teams like Verona, you know, to really challenge uh, Roma. So we'll see if, you know, there's literally enough games for other teams to catch up with Roma because at the moment they're on, really on a downhill slope and there seems to be no stopping. Yeah, it, it does seem to be slightly worrying times for Roma. And then the, the team that beat them on the weekend, Napoli, they bounced back well after beating Atalanta. Do you now make them favourite finish fifth, um, Raphael, following up on their Coppa Italia win as well? Mm, I definitely think they've got the momentum to just go on and finish fifth. I mean, I, I what I liked about the game was how we, we were talking a few weeks ago about how direct Gattuso is in his style of play. But we look at that first goal and it came from a very long passing move. They were passing it around around Roma for probably a good five minutes. <laughs> and and, and the, which, uh, which led to the goal, obviously. And then obviously you had a great effort from Insigne. So I think they definitely got the the momentum to go on and you, you can't really fault them for losing to Atalanta because everyone is these days so yeah so I don't think that's I don't think that's a, that's a good um, a good indictment of the of the Napoli side and definitely Roma just are in free fall they've got they've got too many players who are who are passengers really I mean Cliver in that game was just non-existent and yeah yeah you sort of have you, you yeah, and you have to feel for Jacko because he, he is out there on his own, playing as playing as a target man, as a as a hold up. And it it came off once with uh, the Mkhitaryan goal, but most of the time there's no one really there to help him out. 
So they're, they're, again, they're, yeah, they're lacking ideas in attack as well. So I can't, I can't see them holding on to fifth place. Yeah, it doesn't look that way at the moment for Roma. Still eight games to go, so it seems they could well slip out of fifth. And then seventh place is Milan, and they had a strange week. Obviously, drew with Spal, last-minute own goal in that game to rescue a point. Quite a comical own goal, actually, as well, unfortunately, for Spal. But then they beat Lazio comfortably on the weekend. That sort of inconsistency has held them back over a number of seasons, actually. With Ralph Rannick, pretty much certain to take over next season as both manager and sporting director. Do you think he can improve things for Milan moving forwards, Tom? I mean, I feel like the squad he is inheriting has a lot of potential. So yeah. when we look at, you know, they've got a lot of young players that, you know, that could actually build a solid team around. So, and so you look at, for example, Paqueta, he was just very. He's playing good. Leao, um, he's his top quality. He scored against um, Spal as well, and uh, so there's a lot of potential in that team to you know push to that level and to attain Champions League. Um, they just need to work on that consistency, which I think will come in a system where there's more certainty of of a future. Because at the moment we don't really know what's happening just yet, so. Yeah, yeah, could well, but yeah, there were promising signs on the weekend. Very, very good performance against Lazio, and just below them are Verona, who had a bizarre week. Really beat Palmer three two in a bit of a thriller last week, and then lost to Brescia on the weekend. Very surprising result. They're now four points behind Matt, uh, Milan. Do you think they can bridge that gap, Raphael? Or do you think ultimately they're just going to miss out on European football? I mean, it does feel like that. Uh just slipping away really I mean especially when you look at the form that Milan are in it will be yeah. it will be a tough ask and then they I mean they still got Lazio Inter and Atalanta to play so I'm not giving them much of a chance to be honest I think I feel like it's it's been a good effort from them this season but I doubt they'll they'll go they'll they'll, they'll go over yeah, still going to be, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them next season, actually, because obviously Romani's going to Napoli, Kumbula linked with a move away, Amrabat going to Fiorentina, even Ivan Juric, the manager, hasn't confirmed that he will be staying on, so we'll have to see what happens with Verona. Um, moving on to the relegation battle, and this is continuing to hot up. Spau only took one point from their last two games this week. Eight points from safety. Is there any way back for them, Tom? Eight points behind with eight games to go. I don't think so. I think they were so close to beating Milan um, and they were still up, you know, winning 2-0 in the 79th minute and they just blew it. And I think psychologically that's just broke them completely down. And I think Sampdoria just easily beat them. And, you know, Sampdoria was struggling for relegation as well. So I think, yeah, I think at this rate, it's all but confirmed that they're relegated. I just can't see them making up the deficit at the moment. Yeah, and it, But then this weekend, the team directly above them, Brescia, obviously hammered last week by Inter, but then pulled off probably the shock result of the weekend, beating Verona. They're now only six points from safety. Still got Torino, Spal, Lecce and Sampdoria to play. What chance do you give them, Raphael? Can they actually pull off the greatest game? It's definitely, it's definitely possible. I mean, the game against Torino is going to be a, a, definitely a six-pointer, mm -hmm. and the fact that they have got their 
their relegation rivals still to play, whereas their rivals have also got some big teams, some big teams to play will definitely will definitely play a big part. So I, I, I it seemed unlikely a few weeks ago, but it's, it does seem like it can happen now, definitely. Yeah, they seem to they they have done quite well actually since the resumption. Couple of draws and then a win this weekend. So take that into defeat out of it, and they're starting to improve a bit. Uh, Lecce two points from safety. They've conceded twelve more goals than any other team in the league, seventy in total this season in their thirty games. Do you think that ultimately their poor defensive record will be their downfall, Tom? Yeah, I feel like if you concede this many goals, you don't really have a place in the league. Um, and I feel like Lecce have left it too late because they've got a lot of tough fixtures coming out. So they're playing, you know, Lazio later today. And they're also, um, I don't really have ma- many like relegation candidates left to play. They've got Brescia, you know, later on this month. But it doesn't look very hopeful uh, at the moment. They would really need to start winning. And, it, you know, unless they're able to fix that defence, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it seems if they are going to catch a team, it would be Genoa. Genoa two points above the drop zone right now. They got a very dramatic late draw at Udinese on the weekend. Genoa have been down in this sort of position last couple of seasons, actually. Do you think this could be the year they actually go down, Raphael, or do you see them staying up by the skin of their teeth again? They are definitely in danger. I mean, again, it's all going to depend on the the six-pointers. In the coming weeks, against against Udinese, for example. So, I think definitely the uh, the relegation battle is going to be one to look at, especially if the title is done and dusted in the next few weeks. I think that's going to be the main the main thing to be looking out for in uh, in the league in general. I mean, you look at Torino as well. That's they they they're being drawn back into the to the to the battle as well because clearly. Belotti can't do everything on his own, so they're they're just they're just struggling and just they they I mean they're slipping back in as well. So it's it's going to be a four or five way race, I guess. Yeah, seems that way. Yeah, I mean I, I was just going to go on to Torino with last year. Obviously, they made the Europa League. Um, this season, they've had a horrid time, to be honest. Um, Beaten again twice this past week, although they, they were against Lazio and Juventus, so a tricky couple of games. Six mm-hmm. points above the drop zone. You, there is sometimes that team that does get dragged back in who seemingly were safe a while back. What, what do you think, Tom? Will Torino have enough to stay up? Could, could they suffer a shock relegation? I mean, the last week we saw, like, you know, in the last three games they literally conceded 10 goals. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. 10 goals, so it's, it's, it's a ridiculous number. But I feel, you know, they're playing Brescia t- uh, tomorrow. And I think if they're able to beat Brescia, I think they'll be able to stay up because they, you know, have that kind of motivation. But if they lose to Brescia, I really think, yeah, they're getting dragged into this relegation battle. Yeah. Yeah, it seems Torino probably will be OK, but not quite certain yet. Uh, Udinese, Sampdoria and Fiorentina all picked up wins over the past week. Uh, Raphael, do you think they're all pretty much safe now or maybe do they need a couple more points still? I feel like they are safe just by virtue of the amount of teams between them and the relegation zone. I mean, neither of the three have really had impressive seasons at all. So, I think they will be, they will be staying up, but 
they they definitely need improvements, especially especially Fiorentina uh, for next season. That's definitely a big uh, a big ask for them. Yeah, yeah. With the squad, they I feel Fiorentina should be a top half team, but mm. they've been they've been struggling for much of the season again, much like last year. Okay, so let's look ahead to the coming week. Uh, once again, we've got a midweek round followed by a weekend round. Uh, what games are you looking forward to, Tom, coming up uh, this midweek? Well, of all the games, I feel uh, Juve Atalanta could be a really interesting match. I mean, last week I said uh, Atalanta Napoli is going to be a fun, free flowing football, but it didn't turn out to be. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, which Atalanta will turn out. Will we see the one that we've seen two weeks ago? You know, the free flowing, attacking, exciting football team? Or will it be the more defensive, more compact, you know, the team that's able to grind out results? And it could potentially also be like a prequel for next season's, you know, title challenge if, you know, Atalanta are able to keep together their team and able to maintain this form uh, to the next year. Yeah, yeah. so that, that game's coming up this weekend. That could be... Uh, yeah, if, if Atalanta could get something there, that could bring Lazio back into the title race. Uh, what about you, Raphael? Any, any games you're particularly looking forward to over the next few days? Uh, I mean, I'll be keeping my eye on Milan-Juve tonight because it really is going to be the first test, big test that Juventus have had since the Coppa Italia defeat. And when you look at the form Milan are in as well, they will be posing a challenge to Juve. And... I mean, Juve so far haven't been playing, just been playing mid-table teams, not really, not really being challenged as much as as much as they could have. So it'll be interesting to see if Juventus' sort of revival, in a way, has you know will will work against a, against a good Milan side as well. Yeah, it will be an interesting test, as you say. Juve have largely been playing bottom half clubs the last few weeks. They have looked impressive in doing so, but uh, obviously Milan gave them a tough battle in the Coppa Italia, so could do the same again. Obviously down the bottom of the table, we also have Torino-Brescia, as we, as we mentioned, that's a six-pointer for relegation, and Spau hosting Udinese um, could be a crucial game uh, in terms of whether Spau have any chance of survival. Okay, so the final segment of the show, we'll be looking at uh, transfer news and we'll start off with Milan. Um, as we've already mentioned, Ralph Ranić seems to be on his way. Some players there linked with Nikola Milenkovic from Fiorentina for, for defence. Uh, Luka Jovic, uh, Real Madrid's outcast. Um, he could be brought in up front. And then Soboslai who we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, could be heading over. What do you think to those targets? Would they be good sign-ins for um, Milan, Tom? Um, I would definitely, I think Milankovic uh, could definitely, you know, to toughen up that defence. Um, Jovic, I would say he would be, you know, a good signing, but I'm not sure whether, you know, Real Madrid would just let him go that easily because, you know, he still has a bright future ahead of him, so that might be a loan deal. Um, Soboslai could be an interesting signing, but I feel that I'm not sure if that's the best, you know, move for him because, you know, AC Milan have already have, like, top young midfielders like Kessie and Paqueta. Um, so I'm not sure how much game time he would be. So that might be a bit redundant, but definitely Milankovic and Jovic would be quality signings. What What do you think, Raphael? Do you, Do you think uh, any of those players would 
uh, bring a lot to the Milan side next year? I definitely think Milenkovic would be a good option because Kier has been doing well this season, but he is only on loan. So they are going to need yeah. to find a younger option to, to take over for him. I'm not sure they do need Jovic because you look at this, their striking options right now. You've got, you've got Rebic, Leal, potentially Ibrahimovic if he signs on. So I don't think, I don't think Jovic should be the priority necessarily. Um, but I think in general it will be interesting how, how they conduct their business because obviously Ragnik is going to take over as director of football as well as yeah. being manager, it's going to be a bit of a sort of similar to the English model, Premier League model of a, of a manager that has a lot of, um, a lot of agency over the transfer business. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how he sort of does that because he has got quite lofty ambitions with, in terms of the players that he is targeting. I mean, earlier you had, you, you had links with Fupa Meccano, now you have, now you have with, um, with Soboslai. So that'll be def- that'll definitely be interesting to see because it will be a change from how Maldini's been doing been doing business. Because yeah, Maldini has been doing a good job though, but it'll definitely be a different approach. I mean, with Maldini, what you had was selling high and making some some very shrewd signings, not necessarily big names. I mean, Salamakas, for example. He came in on loan, and it was it was made official. Uh, it was made permanent a few a few days ago, mm-hmm. and he he's been brought in for six point five million, and he's 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 had a very positive impact on the squad. He looked strong on the mm-hmm. weekend, yeah. Um, so exactly, yeah. It could be positive, and then uh, for the other Milan club, obviously Inter, their main link this week has been with Emerson Palmieri, getting him from Chelsea. Um, he struggled at Chelsea, but he did do well at Roma before. He went to London. What what do you make of that signing? Could he be the right option for Inter's left wing back position next season, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I think over. I mean, based on the rumours, I mean, a couple of weeks ago we had Gossens linked to Inter. So I think Inter are definitely looking to strengthen their fullback position. And I think Palmieri would actually be a good signing, just as Gossens would be, because you know he already has played in league. Um, was really good for Roma, um, and he might be thinking of trying to get you know move away from Chelsea. So, yeah, I think that would definitely you know make the you know that position definitely younger than it is at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, I think uh, obviously he's, str- he's you know completely out of the picture at Chelsea at the moment, so it could be a good option for his career. But it, it could be a case of one in, one out at Inter because Milan Scrinia is linked with a move to either Manchester club. They're both reportedly interested. He struggled a little bit in Conte's back three this season, Scrinia. Seems a little bit more comfortable as part of a centre-back pairing. What do you make of that transfer rumour, Raphael? And do you think that Scrinia could be tempted away from Milan this year? It would make sense for him to leave because he... He's not really adapted that well to Conte system, but at the same time, it's very, very unlikely that Inter would allow him to leave because it right at the start of Conte's project as well. Um, Inter are going to need a defensive mid- leader going through, going forward because obviously Godin hasn't really worked out, and they are going to need a senior figure in there uh, in some in some capacity to sort of lead the likes of Bastoni. So. 
I, it would make sense for him to leave, for, for him to push for a move. But at the same time, Inter are going to be banking a lot on him because Godin's going to be fading away and he's, he's going to be taking up, sort of taking up the mantle as yeah. the, uh, the, the defensive leader. Yeah, it seems good. Godin may only make it one season. He may well be sent on his way this summer. Seems a shadow of the player he was at the moment. Um, Kalidou Koulibaly, again, still in the news, linked with Manchester City. Are you any more or less confident that this transfer is going to happen, Tom? I still think it's early days. Um, apparently, I read it this morning that he agreed terms with City. Honestly, I cannot, you know, I never could imagine him play in a shirt other than light blue than Napoli. But, you know, from that perspective, it makes sense he would go to City. Um, But I feel like him going, whether he goes to City will impact a lot, whether, you know, other rumours. Because if Man City are able to sign Koulibaly, then Skriniar might actually stay with Inter, you know, um, as Rafael mentioned, he might be a really important player in Conte's project. Um, so it, it really, I think it really depends um, how things go. And I, th- I still think, I still a part of me believes that you know Koulibaly will stay at uh, Napoli. Uh, but I think we'll, the next week we'll know more by the end of next week. Yeah. Yeah, it seems that, that that one could drag on throughout the summer. And then final rumour, this one sort of emerged this morning, actually. Adama Traore, so impressive at Wolves this season. One of the favourites, apparently, to sign him are Juventus. Um, do you see any legs in this rumour, Raphael? And what could he bring to the Juventus side? It would definitely be an exciting transfer. Very, very left field. But at the same time, um, I, Chira seems to me like uh, more of an impact player. He's, he's, his best performance has come off the bench, uh, which in a way is a similar profile to, to Douglas Costa, who, who's also he's, he is the impact player on the right right hand side for Juve. So it wouldn't really solve any any issues for the club. So I would I would be surprised if it did happen, unless. Bernardeschi or Costa left, but yeah, that said, it would be a really interesting signing to see him see him play in a in a Juve shirt in Syria. Yeah, he's really come on the last couple of years at Wolves, as as we've seen, and the right wing has been a slightly problematic position for Juve this year with Bernardeschi pretty inconsistent and Douglas Costa having another injury hit campaign. So. We'll have to see how that one goes. As you say, a bit of a left-field rumour there, so let's let's keep an eye on that one. OK, well, thanks for joining me again this week, guys. That wraps up another episode, and we'll catch you guys again next week. Thanks. Goodbye.